up, my people? I'm Chris. I'm your host, and you're listening to Network Nation, the politically incorrect podcast where I discuss personal and professional growth so that you don't head to the grave with regret. Man, I got to tell you, I'm pumped for this podcast. And I'm, you know, I'm probably just going to say that every fucking time because I really do get amped up. I mean, come on, listen to that hype song. Come on. How can you not get hyped? Your ass better be jumping in the car, bouncing around the living room right now. Uh, but seriously, I, I really am excited for this one because this is probably the question that I get asked the most, um, kind of a, around more of a macro subject, which is leaving my W2 and going all in on my company, especially so soon. And I think a lot of that ties back to mindset. And then there is a personal and professional aspect to that, that I want to touch on. And this is also probably some of the best feedback that I get. Um, I've been on numerous podcasts. I've chopped it up with strangers. I've talked to family and friends about my journey and I just, I get a lot of wows from it. And I take a lot of pride in that because it's helped a lot of people. And I'll give you one quick example. I had a buddy of mine who kept messaging me on Facebook after I had left my job and started my company and he was in the same industry, medical sales. And he kept coming to me and he's like, I don't know, man, I, you know, my family and I'm making good money. I think he's making a couple hundred grand a year. And then he's like, dude, I have this job offer on the table. It'll be like 300, 350 a year at plan. Um, but I, you know, I really want to get into real estate. I just don't know what to do. And it was just, it really was like message after message. And I know he's listening to this podcast and you know, I'm just giving you a hard time cause I love you brother, but you know, we all need that tough love. Um, but he just, you know, kept coming to me. And finally I just, I got to that point where I was like, look, dude, you just need to make a decision because it's been kind of the same redundant talk track and conversation. Like at some point you either just need to accept that you're not going to do it and be okay with where you're at. And there's nothing wrong with that. Or you need to make the jump and follow your, your heart and your, you know, your destiny and what you, what you think you're supposed to do. And he messaged me a little while later and he said, dude, I turned down the job. I'm going all in on real estate. And I was like, fuck yes. I was like, see, that's the shit I'm talking about. You're going to kill it. Let's go. And he just messaged me a few weeks later or a few, few weeks ago. This is, it's been a couple of months now. Um, I think like maybe closer to six months, I could be wrong, but I think like closer to six months and he messaged me and he goes, dude, I just closed my first two deals and I made $175,000 off my first two assignment fees. And I just mic drop. Boom. That was me dropping the mic. And really, I just took my hand and <laughs> slapped the mic. I was like, bro, I'm so dude, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is so fucking awesome. And he goes, dude, thank you so much. Like you helped me. Da, 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 da. And I said, no, man, you, you made this choice. You did this. And this is very possible for everybody. And so if you or somebody, you know, listening to this, um, or if you're listening to this and it's you or somebody, you know, that wants more, you need to listen to this podcast and maybe go back and listen to it again because it is going to help you because what I did was nothing fucking special. It's special in the sense that most people won't think like this or do this, but it's not special in that anybody can adopt this mindset and go out and take the action that I took. And so what I want to do is I want to run you through my sales career real high level, uh, what, you know, going through college, getting into my sales career, what I did for most of my twenties, and then how I came about starting this company and what it took for me to overcome the hurdles and make the jump and what it did for me, 
the first couple of years of my business. I'm just shy of two years in actually about a year and a half. And, um, you know, then I'll share with you where I plan on going. So first and foremost, I graduated from Western Michigan university based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan with a degree in sales and business marketing. And I initially thought that I wanted to go to school for (laughs) pre-med. That was, that's laughable because I was so fucking stupid in college. Um, I should, I shouldn't say that. I just didn't apply myself. I didn't take the ACT. I didn't take the SAT. I went to community college. My first semester, I took cellular biology thinking I was going to, you know, be wearing a white coat in eight to 10 years. And I was like, Nope, that stops here. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm not a super technical learner at all. I'm very much a visionary and, uh, but I have no regret. I had to go through those experiences to understand that. And so barely transferred from a community college to Western And during that transition, I was working, you know, punk little jobs when you're 17, 18, 19. I worked at like Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, I worked at a grocery store. I worked at Wendy's, believe it or not, stole a shit ton of their chicken nuggets. They were so good. Um, just delicious anyways. Well, and they're disgusting now looking back actually, but at the time they were amazing. Sweet and sour sauce. Mm. Uh, anyways, I digress. So I got a job selling phones in college and it was my first dose of being able to make an hourly wage plus commission. So I knew that if I performed well that day, I was going to make more money. And some days I was averaging 30, 40, $50 an hour. If I was, you know, activating lines and upgrading people, I was competing with buddies. I mean, it was just, it was a really cool experience. And so I was like, damn, I'm going to go to school for this. You know, my college just happens to have one of the best sales programs in the country. And so I did that. Uh, Another thing I did during college, if you guys have kids that are getting into college, make them join a business fraternity. They're so awesome. I did resume competitions, interview competitions, just learned a ton. Um, So that was another thing I did. And after I, uh, sorry guys, I had to get a little drink of water there. Uh, Talking too damn much. Jeez Louise. Um, After I graduated, I moved out to California to be closer to my brother. At the time he was in medical sales, still is, but was in medical sales. And I went out there and I got a job selling payroll, working for a company called Paychecks. And I was selling payroll services to small businesses, one to 50 employees. And I only did that for about 11 months before uh, one of my buddies at Paychecks left and started a medical device recruiting company. And I was one of his first customers or first clients. And so he got me placed with a um, company by the name of Olympus. You guys may have heard of them. They make cameras and shit like that. But I was uh, in medical sales in their um, ear, nose and throat division. And I was an associate underneath a rep for about, again, another pretty short stand of about 11 months. And then my brother got my foot in the door at Intuitive Surgical, the Da Vinci robot. And I interviewed with them and got a job. And the only caveat was that I had to move out to Palm Springs, California, which was about two hours inland. And it's a heavy retirement community. So there just, there wasn't a whole lot of people out there for me to network with but it was such a blessing because at this time I was partying every weekend in Newport beach. I was living right on the beach with my brother. Life was awesome, but I was just pissing away my weekends. And it started to kind of like play in the back of my mind where I was like, I can't do this shit forever. And I don't want to do this shit forever. And I was only maybe 25 at the time. And so that's, that's part of the reason why I made that move out to Palm Springs, because I was like, I was like, you know what, this is going to be really good for me. And it turned out to be one of the best things I've ever done. Best decisions I've ever made in my life, because I had so many nights, you guys, where I was spending time just by myself 
dissecting who I was, what was my purpose in this life. Um, yeah, I was still going back to Newport on the weekends and like hanging out with my friends and partying with my brother and my friends and stuff, but it wasn't every weekend. And so that's when the wheels really started to get turning. I fell, fell even deeper in love with fitness, got, got more into lifting weights, um, was looking at just other ways to make money. And I was looking at everything I was looking at, you know, real estate and monetizing my fitness and trying to start a, uh, this like clothing brand app where you could, this, you basically like take your phone and it scans your body and you can like order clothes that fit based off of your dimensions, like a virtual closet kind of thing. And, you know, I was meeting some people and just things were just kind of starting to like all, like all these little particles of dust were starting to come a little bit closer together. If you could kind of visualize that. And I got into my motorcycle accident when I was, uh, gosh, was like 25 going on 26. Maybe I just turned 26 and an SUV pulled out in front of me. I'm going to talk about this on a different podcast, so I'll keep it high level, but SUV pulled out in front of me. I was going at a high rate of speed. I should have been killed. Like no doubt about it. Should have been killed. And I made a full recovery, uh, within actually about six to eight months. And I broke a ton of shit, shattered my pelvis, tore my abdominal muscles, um, nine surgeries. It was, it was gnarly. But going through that was another like iconic moment in my life where, you know, I'm laying in the concrete on the concrete in this intersection. And I remember looking at my body mangled and just telling myself not to fall asleep. Cause I'd like come out of, con- you know, come, come out of like being unconscious and I just didn't want to fall asleep. Cause I didn't know if I was going to wake up, you know, being in medical sales, being in the OR, like I understood, like, I didn't know if I had internal bleeding. Um, I remember I could like wiggle my toes, but I couldn't move my, my hips. Obviously my pelvis was shattered and that just does something to you, you know, that really did something to me. And so my thoughts around wanting to do more with my life were even more prevalent. And I got back about four months later started getting back to work with intuitive and about a year, year and a half later, I had my daughter silver, um, you know, completely unexpected mom and I were the, the 1% and she came down to California, wasn't really working out down there. So, um, her and I were having some issues. I mean, we, we were only dating a very, very short period of time. Um, before that happened, uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't work out. We remained good friends, which, uh, super thankful for that's again, that's another thing I'm going to talk about on the podcast. I'm going to have her on actually, uh, me, my fiance, my daughter's mom. And, uh, we're going to all talk about like coexisting as a family together. It's really, really cool. My fiance and my daughter's mom are like their best friends. So, uh, but yeah, her and I, we didn't work out, but I was up in Seattle. So now you can imagine I'm up in Seattle. I just moved from fucking sunny Southern California where I've always dreamed of being. I just got into this motorcycle accident. I'm pursuing this career that I know I don't really want to be at. I know I have more in me, but I have no idea what I want to do. I'm up in rainy ass Seattle. I know nobody like I'm just at this like moment in my life where I'm like, well, dude, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do? And fortunately my daughter brought me so much purpose. She truly saved my life in a lot of ways, you know? And, um, man, I just love that little girl so much. Um, she helped me really, you know, look in the mirror and ask myself, am I the man that I would want my daughter to date? 
And I, you know, at the time I was single again, I was kind of back to dating and fucking around. And I was like, Nope, you know what? It's, it's time to get serious on this shit. And so guys, this is kind of the first lesson that I'm going to get into. I started trying a bunch of different shit to get to where I'm at now. I did not just walk into this real estate investment company overnight, but I can see why people have this overnight success kind of mindset with people. And that's not what happened. I got my personal training certification because I thought I wanted to be a personal trainer and open up my own gym quickly realized that I wanted to keep that as a hobby and as a passion. And I did not want to monetize it. So I did nothing with that. I got my real estate license on the residential brokerage side, working for century 21 part-time didn't do shit with that. Didn't do a single deal, nothing because I was trying to balance medical sales as well. And I should probably preface that when I was up in Seattle, I did not transfer with intuitive. It's a hyper growth company. And I got with a much more relaxed medical device company. Um, so I could spend more time with my daughter. So I, I had more time. It was a lot less of a, you know, I think they wanted, I think the company expected like two to 3% growth year over year. So nothing aggressive at all. And so I was doing the residential brokerage thing. Didn't do shit with that because I realized I'm like, I'm competing against people that are not only doing this full time, but they've been like full time, 15 years in the game. Like I might get a deal or two a year. That just wasn't worth the investment to me. So nothing came of that. Ended up getting connected with a couple of commercial brokers on the commercial side in the multifamily space. And um, kind of started going down that route. And right, I kind of skipped over a step. So, or a, a, you know, opportunity that I try to pursue. So right after the residential thing, kind of took a little break. One of my buddies was doing this digital agency advertising business, you know, where you help businesses run ad space and SEO and pay-per-click. And guys, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to that. I just know that my buddy recommended me to another guy. He might even be listening to this, Michael, you're a gangster. Um, he crushes it in this space and it sounded really promising, but when I got into it, I was just like, dude, this just, this doesn't get me up at, at in the morning at all. And so that's when I started, um, that's when I got introduced to the commercial brokers was right after that. And so you guys can imagine at this point, I've tried the gym thing. I've tried the residential brokerage thing. I've tried the digital agency thing. I even tried to, uh, try to Amazon drop shipping business. Like none of this shit was working for me. And I started to really have doubt on myself where I'm like, man, do I just not pursue what I put my mind to. And I'm like, well, no, that's not the case. I was in fucking phenomenal shape. I had made a decent career out of medical sales, even though admittedly I didn't apply myself the way I, I should have, because I always knew that I didn't want to stay there. Um, which is another thing that I'll touch on here in a second. Uh, but I, I I'm a great father. I gave a ton of t attention to that. So I knew that if I put my mind to something, I could do it, but I had to overcome those demons you know, and I had to overcome the fact that, you know, I'm kind of seeing myself as a failure because nothing's amounting. But the fact is, is nothing was getting me out of bed at night. And so when I came across the commercial brokerage side, I started calling on these investors, these multifamily investors, seeing if they wanted to sell their property. And I got a couple of deals right up to the finish line and crazy enough, they just fell through. I mean, the, the brokers that I, I've, I worked with, uh, two of my good buddies to this day, they were like, dude, we've never seen that happen before. And so I had a $13 million deal right at the finish line, just from cold calling and building rapport with this guy. And it was enough for me to get a taste where I was like, damn, this investor thing is, is really cool. Like these dudes and these, these chicks, <laughs> they're primarily guys, but these people owning these multifamily properties, 
I was like, damn, they're in really good like positions. Like, I don't even know why I would sell because they're cash flowing the shit out of these properties. And I remember it took me back into high school when we had some development going up in our hometown of Kalamazoo. And I remember having a conversation with my buddy on the way to, um, on the way to class and we passed by and he was trying to figure out what stores we're going to go in there. And we were trying to guess, like, is there going to be a Starbucks? Are we going to, you know, finally get our, um, I don't even know at the time, like Krispy Kreme or whatever it was. But I just remember thinking like, who the fuck built this thing? And who is this person that's building this? Because I know they're making money. So I just thought about it a little bit differently. Same thing on these calls. I was just like, man, how did these investors get these multifamily properties? And so this, at this point we're going on, like we're getting right into COVID. So it's like March of 2020. So from 2017, when my daughter was born to 2020, I went through the gym thing, the residential brokerage thing, the drop shipping thing, the digital agency thing, and the commercial brokerage thing. Okay. I went through all that stuff and I, I remember reading a book by, um, David Green, the Burr book. And actually, I'm sorry. Let me rewind for a second. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that completely transformed everything for me. Everything. When he talked about, you know, the big business mindset, then you get into the investing, like the right quadrant. If you guys have read the book, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, what the fuck are you waiting for? Go read the book. It's amazing. So I read that. And then I was reading David Green's uh, book about Burr, which is where you, for those of you that don't know, you buy a property, you fix it up. You get a tenant in there. You then go to the bank and say, Hey, my property's worth a lot more. And then you refinance all your money and pull it back out in an ideal deal. You pull all your money back out and then you rinse and repeat that money and you start stacking up these rentals. And that's where the light bulb was just like, whoosh, like full, full fucking brightness. And I was like, I know I want to do this investment thing. I want to be a real estate investor. That's when it clicked with me. And so I had to go through all that shit, all the like focus in my twenties, wanting more, figuring it out, trying different things over the last few years to finally get to that point. And the only issue that I had was I can't make money from this. You put your money into a deal, you fix up the property, you refinance, you pull your money back out. But I didn't want to fucking do medical sales anymore. I was so miserable. Not because my boss sucked or the company sucked or anything like that. I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I just continued to read some more books and it wasn't long. I'd say literally another month or two, uh, I came across house flipping and that was it. That was all she wrote. You guys, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I called up the two brokers I was working with and I just said, look, man, this is something I have to pursue. I know we're going to be able to work together because I do want to get into multifamily. That's my whole goal goal. I just don't want to go about it doing the broker drought. So they were cool as hell about it. We're literally looking for a multifamily deal as we speak. And, um, that was it. So I would say this was probably at this point, this is June of 2020. And my goal was to have a property locked up within 90 days that I was going to be flipping. I couldn't do anything in Seattle because the market, the fucking barrier to entry was so ridiculous. That market was so inflated with all the tech and everything that it just didn't make sense. So naturally I went back to my hometown, more of a Midwest affordable market. 
one thing led to another and South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame's campus is only about an hour South. And I got into the South Bend, um, market. I mean, I remember I made a po- um, post on bigger pockets. I had an agent reach out to me out of South Bend and I was like, Oh shit, I've been looking in Kalamazoo. Like this is kind of right there. One thing led to another, got a referral for a contractor. Um, my buddy from college was a lender and he could do a hard money loan for me. And so I literally took the, the 401k that I had accumulated over the short two years that I was with my most recent W2 uh, employer, I pulled that money out. I got a tax break because of COVID. So I knew that that was the, that was the cheapest point that I was going to be able to pull out my money. Cause it was a 20% federal tax. I only had to pay 10. So I pulled it out and I literally used that to fund the down payment on my first deal. I flipped my first house. I made $30,000 virtually flipping this thing. And which is the kind of the hardest way to get into it, to be honest with you. But guys, it was even more game over at that point. And as a matter of fact, halfway through that first flip is when I left my job. That's how, that's how sure I was. So I know there's some lessons to kind of take away and dissect here. I mentioned that I had to overcome those battles of trying things and not really amounting to things. But when I finally found out what I gelled with and what I vibed with, it got me out of fucking bed. As a matter of fact, I was, you can ask Kara, I was pretty much obsolete. (laughs) I mean, I, I attended to family time, but I was obsessed with the business and learning. And I still am to this day. Um, but when I knew that it was going to work, I just knew it was going to work. And so that's a question I get asked a lot is how did you leave your job knowing you had to support this family, because that's one thing I haven't even brought up yet. My fiance was in law school at this point. I clearly met my fiance, then girlfriend. Um, she has a son who's seven, my daughter's four. So at the time they were like six and three or whatever, five and two. And so I have this family, right? And I had just made more money than I had made in any of my previous years as a medical device rep. I made just shy of 300,000 in 2019. And I was on pace to make about the same, if not even a little bit more in 2020. And I left. And that's where people are like, what the fuck? Like you were making that kind of money. You're supporting a family. Like, what were you thinking? But here's the thing, guys. I chased the money for a while. All through my 20s. I thought I was a baller because I was making 160, 180, 210. It wasn't shit. When you focus on big business and you figure out that you're meant for more, you want to make that in a month. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't care about the money and I had commitment from Kara and she was like, look, I'll sleep in a cardboard box with you if this is what it took. And that was, that was the the straw that broke the camel's back. That's all I really needed to hear. And I was also listening to a podcast. I'll never forget it. I was on the stretching mats over uh, in the corner of LA fitness stretching. And I was listening to a podcast by Andy Frisella. And he said, you know, who fucking fails are motherfuckers that have a plan B because it's always going to be a plan B. And that's what I knew. I knew that if I continued to make this 250, 300, whatever, maybe climb the ladder, I was always going to be comfortable. And this side thing was always going to be a side thing. And I was like, you know what? I need to rip the motherfucking bandaid off. And the other point that I wanted to touch on that I brought up earlier about me wishing I would have done a better job applying myself in my medical sales career is that I knew I had established some bad habits in medical sales. I was, I knew how to run my territory pretty efficiently. 
you know, I was hitting my number, um, mo- most of the time and I was comfortable. I was working 20 hours a week, making this good, good money. And fortunately I started to utilize more of that time for my side hustles. But a lot of that time earlier on before that, I just fucking burned doing stupid shit, going to the gym at two in the afternoon, just being a piece of shit, man, really. And I just, I formed some bad habits and I wish I would have learned to be the best at something that I didn't like, because no matter what you do, there's going to be days and things about your job that you have to do that you just don't fucking like. Even to this day, I get out of bed and there's at least one thing every single day, usually multiple things a day that I have to do that I don't like. And part of why I ripped that bandaid off outside of the financial comfort was the bad habits that I had established. Because if I leave this job and I turn in my company credit card, my company car, my health insurance, and I give everything up, it's fucking sink or swim. It is sink or swim. And I'm not going to let my family sink. Gives me chills saying that. So I knew I had to overcome these habits. And so everything just kind of started to roll on from there. You guys, I was going through my flip. I attended a virtual uh, real estate conference on the West coast. Uh, A gentleman had pitched his, um, his mastermind group, or I'm sorry, his live event during that live event. And it was called flip hacking live with Bill Allen. I attended that like a few weeks later. And when I attended flip hacking live, I ended up joining their mastermind. I paid $15,000 on a credit card and I joined his mastermind. And that was game changing for me because I'd never been part of a mastermind. I never even thought to spend that kind of money on a mastermind. Ended up getting partnered up with this guy, Ryan Prophet. Ryan, if you're listening to this, what's up, broski? Hope all is well. Um, he's a killer dude out of Missouri, ex-military, great family guy. Uh, but him and I came together. We knocked out about eight wholesale deals, eight-ish, I think, give or take. And for those of you that don't know, a wholesale deal is basically like when you get a property under contract with a seller it's usually a distressed situation, which means you get the property at a discount, like the property's beat up, or maybe they have to hurry up and sell it because they're going through divorce, but you get the property at a discount. And then what I do is instead of taking that property and fixing it up and flipping it or turning it into a rental, I take that contract. So let's say I have it under contract with the seller for a hundred thousand. I take that contract and I go out to an investor and I say, Hey investor, I'll sell you this house for 120,000. I have it under contract and then they'll close on it for 120. And I'll make a $20,000 spread. So me and my buddy, Ryan, I think we made like close to a hundred grand combined. So like 50 a piece, um, over the span of like six to eight months. And we did about eight to 10 deals and him and I are both visionaries. So we ended up going our, our own separate ways. He's crushing it to this day. We still talk. I'm, you know, obviously I'm doing well, so it's cool to just keep tabs on each other and stuff. But, um, that was another thing. I joined this mastermind and made even more money. And I was still flipping houses at this point. You guys, I was still hustling, trying to raise money for, from family and friends. I was building relationships with hard money lenders to lend on my deal. I was still hunting for other deals in South bend, um, building up my team, just trying to do everything I could. So I was doing these flips and I was just busy, but I was fucking fly by the hat. Like I didn't have any accounting procedures in, in place. And my, my projects like tracking them were just a shit show. And that's just what you had to, what I had to go through though. You know, if I would have done this on the side and kind of like slowly built this thing up, maybe it would have been a little bit more different. And that is more of the calculated way to go. If you have a job and I want to, I want to mention this. If you have a job that you don't hate and you're making good money, your best bet is to probably stay there and work early mornings and late nights on your business until you're ready to step away. I was just ready to fucking jump and I'm a crazy motherfucker. And that's what I did. And I had belief in myself that I'd make it work. 
and I am making it work. And so that's what worked for me. But I think most people want to do that. I really do. I don't think most people want to stay at this job. Like once you know the end is in sight and you want to leave, you want to leave today and you can do that. You just got to be willing to keep your head above water with some high fucking tides, you know? And so I was continuing to flip my buddy and I, uh, Ryan, we went our separate ways and crazy enough. I had my old roommate in Cal or, uh, in California, uh, who I lived with for a short stint before I moved in with my brother down there, he was in the oil and gas industry and he called me up and he said, Hey man, I have a, uh, you know, pretty high net worth partner who's interested in some real estate investing. And this guy, uh, he completely changed the course of my business and quite frankly, my life. And I, you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, me being outgoing and networking and all that kind of stuff, because I know people like that, like my buddy, Kevin, who brought this to the table. And, um, it's actually really cool. He's doing a, he, he runs a crypto company and I was able to bring the same type of asset to his company. I introduced him to somebody who's like helping him change the course of his business. So it's cool. And we both started our companies at the same time. So it's just weird how the universe works and how we've been able to help each other out like that. And, um, this gentleman that he brought me, bought me my next five houses cash. And although the project, some of them didn't turn out too hot. Um, you know, we got through them, but then not, not long after these five houses, you know, I knew this gentleman didn't want to continue to flip houses, you know, his money. I mean, he's a high net worth individual. He didn't really give a fuck about houses, right? Minor houses. So I brought him this development deal. And many of you know the development deal that I'm doing, but I brought it to him. And again, this was another mindset thing. I didn't come to him like, oh, let's do this development deal. It's going to be so great. It's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's massive. And, you know, I know, like, I didn't make this big deal out of it. I went to him and I said, hey, look, this is bigger than house flips. This is a little bit out of my comfort zone and out of what I know. But this, this also is the starting of what I think could be something much bigger, meaning this isn't the biggest deal that I want to do, but it is a bigger deal. At the time, our performance was coming in right around like 10 million all in to build with the land. So it was, I mean, 10 times, no, I mean, 20 times shit more than that. My average deal was 200 grand. So you guys do the math there 50 times bigger, whatever. But, um, I still was like, this is not the biggest deal I want to do because I want to build a fucking hundred million dollar skyscraper. And I think he read that certainty in me. And he also knew my journey because when I talked to him the first time around the flips, I told him about my family and my fiance and law school and me leaving my job. And he really just bought into who I was and who I am. And so that's another piece again, where I've talked a lot about like, this is mindset. You know, I went into my career, my company, knowing I was going to fucking make it work. I knew before that with my mindset that all these things I was trying that weren't working out wasn't because I was a loser. It's because I just wasn't finding what was getting me out of bed. Even before that, when I was figuring out who I was in my twenties and trying to find out what the fuck I want to do with my life, I was still with this, in this mindset of thinking bigger, thinking that I could obtain more. And so I've always just kind of had this mindset and it's just matured and become more clear to me. And I brought that same mindset into this pitch on this development deal. And here I am, this $10 million deal has turned into a $20 million project because I've redesigned the project. And although the cost has gone up, so has our profit. And I've really put together a good team. I brought in a consultant. I have the best architect in town. Legal team is fucking solid. Construction company's got a good reputation. And I've just put together this awesome team. And I haven't known everything about everything because nobody does, but especially with me, 
but I had something about me and my mindset and my willingness to, to do more that led to me doing a $20 million project six months into my motherfucking network ventures company being founded. And so the first six months of my, my business, I was, I was getting out of bed, scared, uh, scared shitless. You guys scared shitless. How am I going to make money? How am I going to find my next deal? Fuck. I just found out I have to fix this foundation in this property. I'm only going to make like five grand on this thing. Like I got to figure out rent. There were points where my credit card bills were higher than my bank account. And it was, it was stressful. And I still have some fear to this day and I don't think that'll ever go away, but I've had those. So I don't want you guys to just think I came into this business, flipping houses, making a shitload of money and getting into this development and all that. It wasn't like that. And even to this day, I have hard knocks with things but I was able to obtain or attain more success earlier on than normal. I think because of my, my drive and my mindset and the fact that I wasn't going to fail on a macro level. So that's, that's really the journey guys like that. Really? I know I'm going on a little over a half hour here, uh, but that's been my journey. And I would just encourage all of you that if you know, you have more in you, which I think we all do, if you don't hate where you're at, that's fine. Keep doing that. Maybe even give it more. Try harder, right? Go above and beyond. Get that promotion. Do what you need to do if you don't mind where you're at or you even love where, love where you're at. Maximize that because I promise you, you're going to see the benefits. And I can tell you that when I let off the gas with my work, my, my work tasks or even mentally, it is 100% correlated to the opportunities. When I let off the gas, the opportunity is slow. When I'm fucking on the gas and I'm acting out of urgency and fear yet confidence, it's dude, opportunities come pouring in. And then aside from that, what plays into that, and I would say even most importantly is showing value and doing right by other people. And so that's what I think I displayed when I got this development deal. I'm a young kid. Well, you know, younger to him, I'm 30 years old. I'm hungry. I'm intelligent. I'm driven. All he's looking at me and thinking is the only thing this kid doesn't have is just the knowledge that he's going to learn the technical skills. He's going to learn it. Everything else he has that you can't teach be that fucking person in your job. If you hate your job and you don't like your job, then do everything you can to start trying shit and putting yourself out there. Take all that extra money. Stop going to fucking Starbucks. Stop going out to eat all the time. Start getting into masterminds. Start buying programs. Start doing all this shit. You have to do it. I spent so much money getting my brokerage license, buying into the digital agency program, putting money into the Amazon business, and I didn't see a fucking dollar from it. You know? But that's what it takes. So... If you guys got value out of this show, please share it. Please give me your feedback. I really, really appreciate it. And I love you guys. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode.